Any uh, questions tonight? What will we talk about? Yes, Ronnie. Um, I was thinking about uh, the gospel that says that uh, seek a little time and not a little token. Uh, and that is in regards to no. the explanation we are giving about God, a just God or merciful God, and how um, it's not what we do, it's how it's given or who is given it to us. So I think uh, if I understand you correctly, you're commenting on the idea that bhakti is a an opportunity, a, a blessing, a gift, a, a grace, and um, also that then in connection with the idea that some people seek and pursue and therefore... And and and, I, and and the uh, follow through on that would be that some people don't. So, what does the seeking have to do with the grace? Is it any qualifying um, elements and and so forth? And I think that um, the way I would answer that is that. Um, that uh, the very nature of the self in human life is that it is, seek- is a seeker. And I think that uh, obviously there are different levels of, of seeking. But the self naturally, I want to say, seeks itself, if you will, which comes to the fore in human life in a way that it doesn't in other less, less complex forms of life. So as I've often said, the, the why question of why am I and so forth, it, it surfaces in human life, whereas in the less complex forms of life, uh, more readily the how questions arise, how to eat, and sleep, mate, and offend, and so forth. All these things can be answered by nature because they're questions about the natural component of our material existence, the natural component meaning that there, we're composed, as we know ourselves now, uh, uh, in this condition, partially of material nature, and of course, then there's the 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 the, the atma. So the combination between the atma, the jiva shakti, and the maya shakti makes up the the human experience, hmm? and the animal experience. Um, but the 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 Maya Shakti side of it is more prominent in the animal species and the other less complex forms of life, and uh, so as I'm explaining to to, to that extent, uh, the why question doesn't arise because the why question is something that nature can't answer. It's the self, the subjective side, that the, the the Jiva Shakti, the Atma. Asking the question, 
more than the, the, the natural side of the equation asking the question, how do I eat? How do I protect myself? How do I sleep? These are all questions coming from the animal side of ourselves that nature can answer and does answer, as I've often said, by providing a kind of a system for all all the species kind of know what to eat kind of intuitively and and uh, with for the most part and how to mate and and so on, how to protect themselves. Everyone has some kind of defense system to take care of themselves. So nature's answering that. But the why question of why am I in the searching hmm, that you're asking about, this is relative really to human life. Hmm? Searching for food is not the same as searching for something uh, that is not objective. Searching for quality hmm, rather than a quantity. Uh, for meaning, for value, hmm? rather than just for acquisition of, of things and so forth. So, I think that all humans ask that. It's their very nature. Hmm? The nature of the combination between the Jiva Shakti and the Maya Shakti in the human form of life is one in which this qualitative inquiry arises, and a question that nature can't answer, hmm? an, an answer that, that to be answered comprehensively has to come from the, the meaningful, hmm? the order of things, the higher order hmm? that we inquire about, we, are in, we, we, we sense um, exists and so forth. That's kind of the picture that we get. As human beings, things seem to, even in a small sense, be, uh, how would you call it, synchronicious or something, you know. There's a synchronicity to things and, and, um, and so forth. Now, of course, some people reason that, the, that that's just uh, the way the human brain works or something like that. But even those people, uh, you know, pass through such an inquiring they may have stopped inquiring along those lines, but everyone, it's just the nature of the human species. So, while it may appear that there are seekers that are sincerely seeking, and then there are those that aren't seeking, and therefore we would think that the seekers are more qualified, and their seeking nature would qualify them for bhakti, hmm, and bring into question then the descending nature of bhakti uh, it, it being a gift um, and uh, tend to perhaps make us look at it more of it's it is some effort based coming from our side there's something we can do to get bhakti now there's definitely something that we can do to to grow our bhakti so bhakti does progress on two tracks so to speak or is propelled by two um, influences, that is the mercy of Bhagwan, hmm? um, which largely manifests in the form of sadhus and uh, their company association and so forth, and and um, and then there is the effort we make to you know to hear from them, take advantage of that opportunity. Hmm? Um, so if you're given a vehicle, that's a great gift. 
but you have to step on the gas and drive the car and turn the wheel and so forth. Uh, so something like that. So this is the Damodar month, and this nice example of the Leela mm-hmm. helps us to appreciate uh, the role of effort combined with mercy that uh, ends up in, in the success of Prem Bhakti. Mother Yashoda tried to bind up Damodar to put ropes around his udar, to da- damodar, to tie him up around his his waist. Hmm? Uh, this is the Vatsalya Bhava Lila, very elaborately played out in the Bhagavatam, hmm? showcasing the Vatsalya Bhava, <clears throat> and. Um, and the commentators, of course, as most of you know, um, have made the point that the two inches too short that the rope was, <coughs> no matter how much rope Mother Yasoda gathered to tie Krishna, which was always two inches too short, hmm, it said the neighbors who had complained about Krishna stealing butter and milk were looking over the walls into the courtyard and having a great time watching Mother Yasoda chastise Krishna, and they were throwing rope over hmm, from their houses. Here's more rope, here's more rope. And so, uh, Jiva Goswami kind of has it very nice that she, that she took the ribbon from her hair and tried to tie him. Hmm? And, of course, it wasn't sufficient, so to it she added whatever rope she could find, and the neighbors were throwing rope over the over the wall and putting it together, and still, no matter how much rope she had, it always ended up two inches too short, and Krishna was not getting any fatter hmm, at any stage of the of her effort, and her effort was considerable, and she began to perspire and so forth, and the, the spirit behind her effort was is very interesting also, because she had uh, sought to chastise Krishna, and in that connection she had picked up a stick, hmm, and and uh, mother beats child with stick, uh, and so uh, uh, he started to run, and that's when she really made an effort, and and she was able to catch him, and but her effort was now very much accelerated, and the thought behind it was not that I will catch him, so that I've got him tied up and I can really give him a beating, but. I better catch him. He may run away. Hmm? I've, 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 I've shown my um, intent to chastise him, and he started to run. Oh my God! Hmm? If he leaves, then what? So she, this is her spirit. I have to catch him. <laughs> I cannot live without him, and so forth. So uh, all this, and 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 uh, and still two inches too short. Hmm? And, of course, seeing her effort and understanding the motive behind it, this is very much Anukul Bhakti. Bhakti, by its nature, Uttam Bhakti, is favorable. It's, it's for the pleasure of Krishna. It's hard at first to think, wait a minute, this seems like a violation of that principle. How will Krishna be pleased by being tied up? Hmm? That's not found in the Archana Padati, you know, tie the deity up. Uh, every day at this time, you know, <laughs> that, that, that's not 
so this is a very uh, curious uh, affair. Um, we may understand it something like this. Here, Mother Yasoda wants to tie him up, and she wanted to chastise him and so forth. But the spirit behind it is, as I'm mentioning, whereas sometimes people come before the deity hmm, and make their way in. I've seen it. The sadhu's giving a class. A um, Hindu man comes in with his wife and a baby in the arms, and they make their way stepping over people, not at all interested in the class, get up in front of the altar and make some prayer and put a rupee in the box and and off they go and not able to appreciate the Vaishnavas, the Kata and so forth, some respect for the deity and putting a rupee in the box and praying for another baby hmm? oh my dear Krishna you're so nice, give us a give us a boy this time, the guy's thinking or whatever you know? so uh, that he's, he's forget the part that he ignores the Vaishnavas, I kind of added that that typically happens but apparently he's offering praise to the deity and giving money, and here Mother Yasoda is like tying him up. To their, uh, one looks uh, unfavorable, Mother Yasoda's situation, and the other, uh, Kanishtarikari, looks like he's doing the right things, but the motive is very different. Hmm? One is motivated only for his own material ideas, and this is not very pleasing. Baba Grahi Janardana, Krishna's described it, he accepts the feeling behind the offering. Hmm? And so the feeling we got to get to, to Mother Yashoda's offering. And Krishna's very much pleased by that. And her effort then reaches a certain pitch whereby his mercy kicks in full time. And she's successful. And suddenly, with the original ribbon from her hair, she's able to tie him so tightly. Hmm? that none of the cowherd boys can untie the knot hmm? with all their boasting and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and efforts and so forth. Hmm? And ultimately, to, 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 uh, to, he, he never broke loose. He wedged the mortar that he was tied to between two uh, twin Arjun trees in the courtyard and pulled to break the ribbon and the trees fell down. Hmm? We don't hear that the ribbon came untied. Hmm? Krishna was completely tied by Mother Yashoda, completely bound around the waist, no possibility of his escaping. Hmm? So he, he he gave the prem, of course, this is an example in the Leela, she has prem, but we learn from it in this way. He gave the prem, seeing the effort and the exclusive bhakti, ananya bhakti, only interested in Krishna, uh, and, and so forth. So, the two inches too short, um, symbolically, um, represent these two things, effort and grace. So, there's a place for effort, hmm, but the place for the effort comes after getting the grace. Hmm, and the effort of seeking, if you will, that you ask about, that comes prior to the grace, it may be an effort that is carried over from a previous life and uh, in conjunction with some grace, or it may just be the very nature of the human being to seek on some level. And, you know, everyone has an existential crisis at some point. Hmm? Tell me why. 
tell me why. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, uh, and and it's answered you know, to some extent, or uh, it's rationalized away, or some continue on with it, and, and so forth. But usually, at least in adolescence, now it comes, of course, again, when you're 50 or something like that these days. What do they call that? A midlife crisis. And so, who am I? Why am I? Why have I done what I've done? Why have you know, changed my life, and so forth? So this kind of seeking, it, it's the nature of the human. Hmm? And I think everyone is doing it. Some more apparently seem to be doing it because they seem to be seeking in a particular way and it, it's, it, it's gone in a religious kind of a bent or a, a spiritual kind of bent. Others are going in, in a material way or they've stopped seeking and thought seeking was futile and for young people and, uh, uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. But everyone is uh, seeking. Those who seek theistically... Um, often end up embracing things that are hardly um, spiritual. Sometimes they're more materialistic than the life of materialistic people. They have all the spiritual trappings and, they're, and they've sought and they've embraced some kind of New Age uh, spirituality that's very um, um, ego-enhancing and, uh, and, and rather than ego-effacing and so forth. So... Uh, seek and you'll find you'll find something, <laughs> but uh, but but bhakti won't come hmm, from a human effort alone. That is the teaching. Um, therefore, I say there's two forces in the world: the force of karma and the force of bhakti. And throughout the scripture, it's mentioned that in order to come in touch with with touch with bhakti, it's just luck. It's a pretty interesting idea. I mean. In other words, Bhagavan's devotees are in the world. There's always devotees in the world, so there's always the force of bhakti. And they're doing their bhakti, and they try to extend it, obviously, to as many people as possible. And um, there you are kind of bobbing in the ocean of material life. And every now and then a raft goes by. Hmm? And some people catch on to the raft. Hmm? And... Um, so God has makes his mercy available through his devotees and they, they canvas in the world. If we come in touch with them, then we get touched by bhakti. This is clearly the, the, the teaching that emphasizes the point of bhakti's independence um, uh, like Krishna's independent. Hmm? Nothing can cause Krishna to do what he does. Uh, uh, bhakti does causes him to do what he does, but bhakti is his nature. It is his swarup shakti. So, that's another discussion. But as, as Krishna is independent, so is bhakti. And there's a lot of philosophical problems if you make bhakti dependent on something else. Hmm? Um, so, we cannot make it uh, dependent on human effort and the seeking. There are seekers that come to bhakti, that's mentioned uh, in the Gita. There are said to be four types of people that take shelter of, of Krishna. There are the, the seekers, those who are already in knowledge. There are those who take shelter of Krishna because of, for, for economic considerations and to be freed from distress. Arto jignasu arta arti jnani chara bharata shabha. 
Hmm? But they just that just speaks of four types of people that when the opportunity for bhakti presents itself, they 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 take shelter of bhakti, and in the duskritas they they don't. So we don't want to say that there are two types of souls, demons and and the godly. Um, I did quote that verse from the Gita: "Vau bhuta sarga but. The, the, the daiva and the asura, the godly and the demon, are determined by activities, by choices. Um, they're not inherent in the self. It's not that God made one kind of soul tamasic and one kind of soul sattvic, although Madhva thinks like that. We, it's not our our teaching. But forever, since forever, they're making choices. And and you, as I've said in other places, that if you if you take two units of free will. Will is unpredictable. It's free. Hmm? And so if you put before two units of will, two choices, hmm, there is no assurance that each will pick, make the same choice. Hmm? So the choices are numerous and we make them. Um, and we form a you know disposition on that that basis, and so given that some people seem to be have made some better choices for themselves, and they may be humanly speaking better people, and even religiously speaking better people, and so forth. But um, it's not the case that those who are more religious will necessarily be more inclined to bhakti. They might be. And somebody who's not religious might be, but, but but might be more inclined. We we see examples of both. We see religious people who their their very religious orientation and piety, even from a Hindu perspective, which is a Hindu certified pious person, you know, vegetarian and and all such and such. Uh, n- not, I mean, I've said there was a guy that was complaining about. Uh, for, uh, Gorvani and Dana's book, some Hindu guy, and uh, commenting on their blog about it, and the the idea that um, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism that that taking to bhakti uh, uh, um, I say frees one from the obligations to Varnashram Dharma, which is the religious system. Hmm? Was outrageous. He was outraged at the thought. He, he and uh, some verses were presented from the Bhagavatam. <laughs> said exactly that. Eleventh canto. It's really nicely stated because it's clear from the Shastra that Gyan, knowledge. I mean, of the self, hmm? experiential knowledge of the self, frees one from obligations for Dharma for karma. Hmm? The dharmic life in the optimum leads to moksha. So if one has gyan, one's qualified for moksha. Hmm? So they don't have to do the dharma. Hmm? So gyan transcends. But the idea that bhakti does, well, it does, and even in a bigger way, but it's not that common of knowledge. That's one of the reasons why this vyas chastised Narada. Hmm? And, and the result was the Bhagavatam. Hmm? And here the verse. In the very section, it's speaking about jnana like this, then it says about bhakti. Hmm? 
Same thing, and more so. How so? If you are accomplished in Gyan, you are freed from the karmic obligation. And see the contrast now. If you have faith in the efficacy of bhakti, you are freed from the obligations to dharma. This is quite a contrast. Hmm? Uh, so this speaks about the power of bhakti. This is what the whole Govardhan Leela is about. Hmm? As I said, Sarvadharman Pritajam Amekam Saram. It's all about this. We see, playing it out, Sharanagati, giving up the worship of the gods and the dharma and so forth for exclusive uh, taking shelter of Krishna. The whole treatise of Bhagavad Gita culminates in this. 18 chapters to make this point. Hmm? It's it's kind of anti-nomain or something, you know. Like, wow, just believe and you'll go there, you know. No, no, to do anything else. Of course, it's a little more, you know, <laughs> better explained than that than you find in, in some of the um, Protestant sects of Christianity. So, um, so anyway, we, we uh, this guy was like just outraged, and the verse from the Bhagavatam was cited, and he, and he just couldn't even couldn't accept it even. Was, uh, how it could be possible that, uh, uh, because uh, uh, Gauravani and Dana were married <laughs> and it was a Hindu married out of caste and out of religion and this is against the Dharma of the Varnashram and, 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 and you want to call it Gaudiya and we transcended you know uh, uh, this is just, so his religious piety was disqualifying him for bhakti hmm there are examples. This is, was a good one, and there are examples on the other end, on the other side as well, who who would be uh, not allowed in the ch- in the church or in some temples. And the Muslim Haridas, and he became the Namacharya in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Lila or Prahlad. Krishna says, among the deities, among the demons, I am Prahlad. <laughs> And he was an ideal devotee, so he came from a different different background. So it's not piety that qualifies us, it's not impiety that disqualifies us. Hmm? The only we're only qualified by the blessing of God and that through the hands of the devotees and you gotta pinch yourself when you go home. Is this happening to me? Is this a dream? Did I believe this? It's what did what did Krishnadas says, I believe it completely. Hmm? He said, remember we read this? I believe it completely. We follow him. <laughs> Such a beautiful uh, contribution he has made in the religious world. So that's, a, that's how I think about your question. I think it's a good question, and it's, it's interesting. Um, and it, the answer is different you know, than we would think. Um, um, and then again, to make a point that I did already and reiterate it, that there are some people that are seeking, and the reason they're seeking is they have some bhakti sukriti, and and we find that they come in touch with bhakti, and bhakti makes sense, and so they're seeking makes sense that they've had some some bhakti sukriti in the background that is uh, fueling that. Thank you for asking. Maharaj, uh, I heard a quote to the effect of that God does not call the qualified; He qualifies the called. He does not qua- call the qualified. Uh-huh. He qualifies the called. Those who have faith. He calls them and then qualifies them. Well, 
those who feel called, he qualifies them. Mm-hmm. Through grace. He doesn't call the qualified. So we could have the Dharma. I see. The religious piety. Mm-hmm. All the qualifications from Gan and everything. You mean you could just drink milk and therefore think you could enter Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's kirtan at Shiva Sangam, but not necessarily the case. Same point, right? Man said, I only drink milk. I don't eat any, I don't pick any fruit. I don't, I live a pure life. I should be allowed to enter the kirtan. Mahaprabhu said, that's not qualifying you to enter my kirtan. No. There's nothing materially that you can do to, to qualify yourself. There's nothing spiritually you can do to qualify yourself. I, we have to feel that calling. Yeah, you if we feel the calling, yeah. then God takes care of the qualification part. That's kind of like... Right. He, 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 yeah. Qualification comes from that. So, well, it's said about Mahaprabhu that by many great devotees that the reason that they are qualified for bhakti is because of their lack of qualification. <laughs> they have no other resort. So he is the most merciful for the most fallen, and there is no one far more fallen than myself. This is their reasoning. Therefore, I am qualified for for your mercy. Maharaj? Uh, sometimes when I'm talking about that uh, first section of Madhurya Gadambani, when we're talking about the nature of bhakti and how it comes by grace, it's simply mercy. I've sometimes uh, commented, you know, that, you know, kind of rhetorically asked, what's the qualification for mercy? And my answer is need. Necessity? Yeah. People, people, don't, people don't feel compelled to get on their phone and text $10 to Donald Trump or Bill and Melinda Gates because they've got all the money in the world. But when there's a hurricane in Haiti or, uh, uh, I mean, an uh, earthquake in Haiti or a hurricane in New Orleans or something like that, then people are on their phones texting those $10 donations to the Red Cross. Or they feel, people feel, you know, people show their mercy to those who, feel, who actually feel the necessity, feel the need. That's true in the examples that you give, but at the same time, the mercy of bhakti is said to be ahitu. Ahitu. Hetu means reason. Hmm? So the more there is a reason, the less there is mercy. The more there is a reason for it, then then there's, there's justice, there's cause for it. Hmm? But bhakti is uh, described as being without cause. Hmm? No, it is ahitu, 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 same idea, without any cause, without any any reason. So just of our own doing, therefore it's just, it, it sounds odd in one sense because we are used to the very idea of justice and qualification um, uh, uh, must be in place and so on and so forth, but uh, the uh, you have to understand Especially with regard to Chaitanya Bhakti, and the opportunity that we were, the opportunities that it affords us that we were speaking about this morning. Where is that coming from? Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, where is it coming from? The genesis of that opportunity comes from Krishna's own need. So you could say there, <laughs> if there's a need, 
that causes it. It's Krishna's need to to experience the love of Radha, and that's why he got, he, he he extends his leela hmm, in a magical way for the for the encore appearance called Gore Gore Krishna leela. Hmm? And in the and in the in the pursuit of this, well, his associates come with him to play their part in this extraordinary drama hmm, of Krishna trying to taste the love of Radha and, and glorify her, um, you know, on, on certain terms, and people get touched by it. Hmm? People get. Uh, 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 the, the, the merciful devotees, associates like Rupa Sanatana, they ask Mahaprabhu about his teachings. Hmm? What are you about? So then he teaches and it overflows and so forth. So in one sense, you're right, it's a need, the need of Krishna. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, uh, as an as a extra of that, if you will, uh, a byproduct of that, the madness leads to a method hmm, that, uh, that we ourselves can can pursue if we are touched so touched by it and uh, develop faith in that. So otherwise, ahoituki, causeless. Hmm? Now, it's also said that there's, that there's a need or a greed for bhakti that propels bhakti, but that's obviously having heard about bhakti hmm? already and been touched by bhakti so this is very uh, it's very um, um, extraordinary kind of opportunity as it's as it's uh, presented and explained and um, kind of like no questions asked. <laughs> I'm included. That's good. That's good. <laughs> mercy. It's just a full, pure, pure idea of mercy. Like I was saying in your question, your question arose from this. With God is just and God is merciful. God didn't make a world with evil in it. God didn't make anything. So he's not, his character is not determined by what he, what he made. He didn't make anything. Everything's already there. Jiva Shakti's there. Maya Shakti's there. The world's there. It's just part of him. Jagadavyaktu Murtina. Hmm? Hmm? The world is my body. Jagadat, hmm? my murti. The world is my body, in, 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 in a sense. That the, the the idea there is that the body is dependent on the soul. Hmm? It's it's the life, the jiva, the life, yeah? and so it's dependent. So the world is dependent upon Bhagwan. In that sense, the analogy follows through. The the world is the body. It's from the Gita. That idea is played out more by, by Ramanuja, but it's there for Godi as, as well. We're a, it's a panentheistic idea. Uh, we've just talked about this before. Panentheism, incidentally, I recently learned, is a very sexy term. Hmm? Uh, it's become a really hip and interesting term. I think we'll probably end up talking about it tomorrow when we talk about the, the sky gods and so forth and uh, belief in them and these kind of contemporary arguments between theism and uh, and uh, atheism that uh, are just one straw argument against another straw argument. 
from the perspective of a really uh, uh, theistic, uh, a deeper theistic understanding. Um, but um, pan-entheism, um, the idea that God is the world and beyond the world, and some Christians are going in that direction to make more sense out of their um, their, their teaching. And um, one of the problems that they run into is the Christian doctrine of ex- what is it? Ex nihilo? Ex nihilo. God created the world out of nothing, made the world out of nothing. Well, if God is the world, then he didn't make the world out of nothing. He is the world. Whatever evil is the world is is God. But, the, but the, from the Gaudiya panentheistic perspective, God didn't make anything, as I say. He didn't make anything. Jiva Shakti exists. Maya Shakti exists. So he's, his character is not determined by what he makes, if he made a world that's got evil, there must be evil in God. You know, in God. Therefore, the classical uh, Christian uh, theism hmm, very strongly tries to separate God from the world. Somehow, let's get him out of the world, disconnect him from the world. There's evil and suffering in the world, and somehow there's this bifurcation and so forth. Hmm. But the Gaudias have a whole different uh, approach to it. Huh? So, what does God do? As I said this morning, hmm? his his character is determined by what he does in relation to what is, rather than have it be determined by what he makes. Hmm? So, he relates to the situation, the jiva and maya, and the plight of the jiva, by deferring to maya and giving her her place and being just. Because if you if you exploit the world, the world wants to pay back. Hmm? So, he doesn't interfere with that. And if he did, why doesn't he do that? Then Maya has no place. She has a relationship with him too. Hmm? So, he honors that. And that plays out, from our perspective, as justice. And at the same time, there cannot be mercy unless there is justice, because mercy is an overriding of justice. And the more that the mercy is so, is causeless, the more it is really mercy. And so, this is a, a way of explaining it. The way he gives his mercy, that is Chaitanya Bhakti, is a byproduct of his own necessity and his own pursuit. It's just good fortune. Somehow, you know, somehow he left the window open in Goloka Vrindavan. <laughs> It's not. It's a private place, Sri Tadweep, like a private island. Hmm? You imagine some guy out in the. You hear he's got an island in the Pacific Ocean, and wow, nobody can go there unless he lets them in, and so forth. This is the idea of Sri Tadweep Golok. Mahabaikuntha. People in Baikuntha don't know about it, and we know about it. We're finding out about it. You know, you put these things together, and then you you can you can see there's no there's no justice here, qualification, anything like that. It's just you got to pinch yourself. Is this really happening to me? Lucky, hmm? good fortune. Brahmanda Brahmite kon Bhagyabandiv Guru Krishna Prasade Bhai Bhakti Latavij Bhagya becomes lucky. The luck plays out in the form of Sadhu Sangha. Hmm? And sadhus are the Kripa Shakti of Bhagavan. Hmm? That's how he gives his mercy to them. Hmm? 
that's what they do. Hmm. And and sadhu sangha is a limb of bhakti, right? So bhakti gives bhakti. Hmm. Works for me. <laughs> what else? Yes. Yeah. Well, we that was nineteen seventy three or something like that. It was the first Mayapur Brindaban festival, and we went to Mayapur for two weeks or three weeks. I don't know. And then we would go to Brindaban, but he only let us go for three days. So um, I was had been sent to Australia, and I was invited to go. So I went from Australia. We landed in Madras, and then went to Calcutta. It was very different then, and Calcutta was a sea of white dotis. Every man in a dhoti. Now you'd be lucky to see one dhoti, in a, and dresses changed, and customs, and so forth. But it was, uh, and everybody, what time? What time? What time? What time? What time? They wanted to see a watch. Hmm? You get surrounded by hundreds of people. What is they just wanted to see your watch. It was a, was a fascinating thing, a watch. And they, the time, the sun is on their arm. They wear the sun on their arm. They come from another planet. <laughs> you know, it was like that. Uh, so, um, a very, you know, big cultural uh, shock. Anyway, off we went to, to um, from Calcutta to Mayapur, and the one building was built, and Oh, it was a mismanaged festival, and Prabhupada was very upset because devotees were getting sick left and right, left and right, and he blamed it all on the managers and the way they had organized and cooked and uh, hadn't provided the proper water and so on and so forth. And and this is the Bay of Bengal, and I mean, they were, I was sleeping on the I was sleeping on the ground outside, you know, and um, mosquitoes like at night everywhere. Hmm? You just had to tolerate, you know. And I looked at the Thamsi Tikshash for Bharata. What can you do? And we, then I, I was quite sick too. Um, but then I, uh, I got some strength back, and I'm just telling a little of my personal history. But then we went, we went to Brindavan, and Prabhupada was concerned that Mayapur, Mayapur Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's place is very uh, generous. It's it, therefore his lila is called Audarya. Audarya means that the, 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 the wide distribution of Madhurya, of the sweetness. Vande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sohodito. Gododai Pushpavanto Chitrosam Dotam. Gododai means the, the West Bengal. Goda Udai. On the western horizon, Udai. The sun and the moon of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu were rising simultaneously. Hmm? Goda means sweet, so it means that they're human-like, hmm. Leela. They're gods. They're coming from the east, rising and going west. East is the godly direction. So there's some Aishvarya behind the Madhurya hmm, of their human-like Leela, Gauranitinanda, distributing this uh, Prem as they do, and and widely. Hmm. And... Um, uh, you know, comparatively, um, Krishna was approached by, in his leela, by different, uh, in the later leelas of Mathura and, and Dwarka, inimical forces and so on and so forth. He had armies to deal with them and the Kurukshetra war was there and so forth. And the weapons of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are said to be his arms raised 
and like this in dancing, like what did we hear, Brahmananda Puri and Paramananda Puri, these big old sannyasis, Brahmananda Bharati used to wear just a deer skin, very austere guy, and when they appeared in in Puri, after Mahaprabhu's Leela with the with the Govardhan Parbat with the sand dune, when he went into the trance and experienced the uh, the the Madanaki Mahabhav, uh, then when he came fully to external consciousness, there was Brahmananda, there was um, um, Paramananda, and they had where why have you come from you know they were at a distant place he knew that why had they come why were they here what was their answer. We we are here to see your dancing. That's all. Big grave sannyasis, Vedantins, and they've come to Puri just to watch him dance. Huh? What kind of dancing that must be? Ke nache. What kind of dancing? What do we sing in the morning? Hmm. Anyway, what kind of dancing? What kind? Of, I've never seen like this before. Hmm? We're singing, uh, such as the the Gor Kirtan, Gor Arati. So they said like this: We come just to watch you dance, hmm? and the whole world will be conquered by this Jagannath. Eyes big, never blinking. He's looking. Where is Radha? Where is Radha? Here I am, stuck up in this palace. In Dwarka, everybody thinks I'm very important, and my life, to be honest with you, is not successful without Radha. Hmm? What am I doing here? Hmm? Only love can break your heart. <laughs> this is my situation. Hmm? And she comes in a form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his dancing in Rathiyatra. Hmm? That he sees Radha and he's being guided by the dancing of Chaitanya to the Jagannath, right? The Lord of the universe. He's just unblinkingly looking at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's arms, waving the whole, it has the power to conquer the whole world, is the point. Hmm? It has conquered Jagannath. Well, if it, it conquered the Lord of the universe, the whole universe will be conquered by this. Of course, there are many more, as we said this morning. <laughs> Gonna save the whole world. But you can save yourself, hmm? and you're, you are the world. Hmm? That's another thing. We'll hear about that in Govardhan Leela. Hmm? We talk about the clouds. They're world devastating. They will end the world, and that's what we want for ourselves. <laughs> that's an interesting discussion coming. But so his arms, instead of the weapons, hmm? Hmm? no. No chakra, you know, no uh, club and so forth, and and so very generous. His lila is Madhurya plus the magnanimity. That was it's a closed place, as I said, a private island. Hmm? Not just anybody could get in, hmm? but through Mahaprabhu's lila, the whole world is being allowed in. Hmm? So. Um, Therefore, Prabhupada felt, take them to Mayapur. There's nothing they can do wrong there. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is very generous and so forth. Uh, they cannot make any mistake. But they go to Vrindavan, then, then I don't want them to commit any dham aparad, number one. 
And I also think that he was very concerned, you know, in retrospect now after many years, that that Prabhupada, Vrindavan was his home. His idea was worship in Mayapur, worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when you live in Vrindavan. Hmm? Um, that's his, the, the very strong statement of Prabhupada and the Saraswati. The more we worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the more you end up in the service of, of, of Radha. And she's Vrindavaneshwari, the queen of Vrindavan. So, um, he was concerned that he would bring his Western followers that they didn't know the cultural mannerisms and so forth, and uh, and people would ha- put them under a microscope, as they did. Hmm? And uh, my godbrother, Narsingamarsh, told me a story how he, uh, Prabhupada, had been invited to uh, to lunch at one Hindu gentleman's house, and so Prabhupada came with some sannyasis, and Narsingamarsh was one of them. So they came, a very nice lunch was served out, and a little kirtan, Prabhupada gave a little talk, and the lunch was served out, everything. And then they sat down, they took the lunch, and then as soon as they started to take, the man the house, at the house gave a huge sign of relief. He said, oh, he said, I know they are real devotees. Prabhupada, what are you talking about? He says, I saw they ate with the right hand. <laughs> I knew they are bona fide. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a cultural uh, sensibility and there's, they have reason for it. They use the other hand for other things and so on and so forth. You know, it doesn't say much for left-handed people, but... Um, Neither did the rest of the world for many years. Uh, so things change. By the way, the world is full of new knowledge all the time. That's interesting. The material world, you can't understand it all. It's always got new knowledge. So it's how you deal with the new knowledge that determines your your spirituality, not the idea that my spirituality means I have, I know everything. Hmm? You may know everything by knowing yourself, but that's a kind of knowing that's humbling if you have it. Hmm? Not the kind of knowing that I know everything. So it's misunderstood when you say the devotees, they become enlightened. So you're enlightened, but you think like this, or you have, you, 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 obviously he was enlightened, but now we know centuries later such and such works like this rather than like that. That's the only material knowledge that will never satisfy anybody. Enlightened knowledge makes one... Uh, fulfilled and humbled, and they arrive at a kind of knowing that's be, that's just beyond they, they, a knowing that includes the idea and the comfort with the idea that I cannot know everything. It's okay, hmm? and 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 and, and I, like love is a kind of knowing that it has within it some uncertainty at the same time. Both things. Hmm? So, so what was that? Hmm. Three days in Vrindavan. Yeah. So they eat with the right hand, you know. No. So, okay. They were real devotees. <laughs> and so Prabhupada was concerned that, that you know, he's bringing, what did he call them, white elephants or something like that? So dancing white elephants kind of stand out <laughs> in the public eye. We were under the microscope and Prabhupada was trying to, trying to preach Krishna Bhakti. And, you know, we were the... Um, the assistance that Krishna sent to him. 
and you know, if we were to go into Haight-Ashbury, we would do pretty good. <laughs> but to go into Vrindavan, then, and and represent the, the, the teaching in in such a way that the Vrindavan people would think, yes, this is bona fide, and uh, they had every they they had reason to think if we step in their shadow, we had better quickly take a bath in the Jamuna. Hmm? They 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 come from the cow killing countries, and from you know they're they're you know there's some of these people in the Bhagavatam from you know demonic planets and all the women are prostitutes we've heard and so forth over there you know they have all kind of ideas that information that they received that's wrong and so it's a prophet's trying to preach to them too and we're his instruments and so you know if we should act in such a way that people would think uh, ill of of um, him and what he was doing that will not be good for them so he was had concerns hmm? for ourselves we might make offense in Vrindavan and and not um, take advantage of the, the opportunity and, and for the sake of the outreach as well. So he let us stay for three days and had very well organized and we were constantly on the move going from this place to that place. Krishna did this here, Radhakund and Govardhan and, and then at night and we stayed at an ashram called Fogel Ashram. The temple wasn't built at that time. Prabhupada was lecturing every night. Hmm? And um, so that's why we stayed only for three days. Later he extended it for for two weeks, and two weeks in Mayapur, two weeks in Vrindavan, he felt more comfortable, and we were accepted. The Krishna Balaram temple opened, and when it opened, it was a great victory for Prabhupada. Big dignitaries from all over India came, and, and all the big uh, religious dignitaries of Vrindavan coming and giving speeches, and, and these boys are accepted, and the girls too, and uh, they're real devotees. And at that time, Prabhupada initiated the opening of the Krishna Balaram temple initiated five boys from Brahmin families born in Braj was a huge thing. Because they're thinking birth in the Braj, in the Brahmin family, this is pure, but now they have to get initiated from Swami in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and there's more. And and so that was, again, a religious kind of thinking that could get in the way of bhakti. Anukulena Krishna what is it? Gyan karma adiyanabritam. So too much covered by by karma, by the idea of material piety as the sum and substance of religion and spirituality gets in the way sometimes of understanding bhakti. So this was an example. So that was a big, big thing. And whoa, I've... Five fathers sent five boys who were Brahmins, Brahmins of the upper class and religious, and they, they and some of their friends said, "How many chapatis did you eat?" It would mean would mean made by those Westerners. How many sins did you commit? Commit? How much you have lost your caste? Yeah. But they ignored that on the strength of their shraddha in bhakti created by Prabhupada, and they overcame their religious kind of. Um, background that, uh, in this instance, served as opposition to to bhakti. So it was a big thing. And anyway, so that's a little bit of the history. Of Prabhupada's preaching in Vrindavan. Yes, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. I'm fully accomplished. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 
just wanted to hear you talk a little bit about it because um, I grew up with a lot of truly dysfunctional devotees. Really? But they weren't necessarily <laughs> spiritually functional. Mm-hmm. Also, I entered my psychology class and I just learned yesterday about Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm. and how our teacher said that only 5% of the world um, spends all their time on transcendent spiritual pursuits, mm-hmm. meaning, meaning that that's their only ideal. Many, you know, of course, the ideal is to have all Right. Well, and how only on the bottom level, which is just eating, sleeping, mating, defending, if you're only doing that, then you can't, or you don't usually try to even go that high. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to see what you Well, because I, I feel like, yeah, you're one of the most functional. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I, I, I meant it in kind of a humorous yeah, way. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was dysfunctional by way of his his ecstatic symptoms right. that uh, didn't allow him to function in relation to the society and so forth. So that's our goal in that kind of dysfunctionalism, um, if you will. Um, but uh, to arrive at that, it, um, it's um, some material balance is useful. I mean... You have to understand that the the while it's true that bhakti being generous and 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 a uh, gift and so forth, user friendly as I sometimes uh, describe it, is such that even non-humans can take advantage of it. Right? Hmm? Hear the kirtan, take prasad, and so forth, but they cannot take advantage of it in a systematic way. Hmm? They can take advantage of it and acquire some sukriti, bhakti sukriti, and they get a human life, and then that back, that sukriti will show up and predispose them to one extent or another towards bhakti, and so they have an advantage. But it's meant for humans to take full advantage of. Hmm? And so, if it's meant for humans to take full advantage of, then you have to consider the extent to which you are fully human is the extent to which you will be able to fully take advantage the opportunity, the gift may come to anybody and anyone in any situation. And in some ways, it has the capacity to qualify one on every level, but generally we see that that uh, the more human one is, in a sense, and that in connection with faith and bhakti, the more readily they can execute bhakti in a balanced way and understand it and 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 progress. I've often given the example. If you want to jump up and touch the stars, it's good if you have both feet on the ground to start with. Hmm? If you're starting on one leg, then there's a chance you might fall on your butt. Um, and so, some material balance. You want a whole kind of human being. Hmm? If it's for human beings, some of us are half human beings, and either physically or psychologically, and so forth. So there's a place for psychological balance and there's a place where the idea of psychological balance becomes neurotic itself 
and um, it becomes a manifestation rather than of sattva-guna, of rajaguna. So sattva-guna means, it uses a contemporary language, a psychologically well-balanced human being. Hmm? And uh, sattva implies uh, 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 balance, clarity, um, knowledge, a kind of happiness, a kind of self-contentedness that comes from being a full, a full human, so to speak. Hmm? Um, and the Brahmins in the Hindu culture would teach all the different things that people needed to know, so they, they knew them. Hmm? They had the knowledge. They were, they were the teachers. And, and so... Uh, so uh, when, but, but, but when we try to um, perfect ourselves by psychological efforts alone, and we just continue, keep taking more and more courses and whatnot and so forth, and the, and the, the idea is to, that you arrive at this kind of uh, perfection that, that spirituality is about by psychological um, effort is, uh, becomes then arguably a mode of passion, which is the mode of passion is you, you keep trying to improve materially, improve the situation materially. For me, it's like this human body is like a vehicle, and so you know you, you you want to take care of it and so forth. But sometimes you know you let something go. You know it's going to cost more to fix that than not, and it still works. You know, <laughs> and you just still don't kind of keep just fixing up that old car all the time. Keep fixing it up. Keep throwing money into it. And the idea is, hey, there's a destination to go to. You know, it's not just being in the car. It's got to get somewhere. It's getting me there, and you know, the effort to put in it to fix this or that. It may cost more and take more time than it, you know, I could get there. It might be a little bumpy, but, you know, go for it. Something like that. So this kind of, you know, requires some kind of balance. And um, you can get out of balance and neurotic even about being psychologically balanced. But but the dysfunctionality that I'm talking about is kind of the ecstasy that makes one, you know, unable to participate in the world. Like Magdalene would locked himself up in a room for the last six years of his life and chanted Hare Krishna and that kind of madness and or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's madness that we talked about this morning that's dysfunctional in a positive way but otherwise it's in our interest to become more full and complete human beings that we might be better able to take advantage of what is meant for the human life hmm? that opportunity it goes everywhere but the humans can take advantage because of the human body and psychology is, 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 is such that it's, it's meant for that, is the point. Hmm? That's, what, that's why this, the why question comes and so forth. Hmm? The question that nature can't answer. So, yeah. so I think that, um, as I've said, that's what the, the, the essential idea of the Varnashram was about, to have balance. There's more to it than that, but to, to take what's of use of, of that and apply it to ourselves in bhakti, then we do want to help one another become more whole, um, if you will, human beings, that we may better be able to do what human beings are best suited for. Does that help? They're good. Well, they become, you, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're going to... Um, 
speak to the world and interact with it, you, 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 you have to um, be somewhat in external consciousness. We find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went from complete internal consciousness to semi-external consciousness to full external consciousness hmm, this morning. So you got to at least be in, in semi, if not full external consciousness, to relate to the world and so forth. And in later years of his life, well, you know, it's over. I'm done with the preaching. He, he, and the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we see the same thing for years and years. He was outreaching, preaching to so many people and so forth. And, and uh, of course, he would go into trance sometimes. He would come out, but in the end, he just went into trance. He became dysfunctional. He, he couldn't preach. What, 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 he, what was his preaching? Krishna! You know, madness and uh, melting on the ground and so forth. I mean, um, you know, what you make out of that and so forth. So um, he had to be protected and live in small, small circle of company that could understand him. That's what I mean by dysfunctional. So um, uh, that may not happen exactly like that to everybody, but the more that we become internally absorbed in the subjective world, the more the external objective world appears as as it is. Hmm? And, um, and and as it will appear from a spiritual perspective, Yanisha Sarva Bhutanam, Tasyam Jagrati Samimi, it says in the Gita, from the spiritual perspective, people absorbed in material life are totally dysfunctional. And from the material perspective, those who are completely absorbed in the spiritual life and the subjective world are totally dysfunctional. So what is night for the devotee in ecstasy is daytime for the ordinary people. What is daytime for the ordinary people is like the dark night for the devotee. So that's the idea. So we're somewhere, you know, you go somewhere in between and and, and it's in your interest to be, to balance yourself and be more, have a vehicle that's, that's able to take advantage more of the opportunity that Bhakti presents. Yes. It ends up that he, he can't relate. Hmm. He completely enters into the to the to the mood of Radha. Hmm. With the last verse of Shikshastakam is the end of Chaitanya Charitamrita. He's with Ramananda and Srup Damodar and um, he enters into the deity that taken care of by Gadadhar Pandit, Totagupinath. Hmm. Disappears from the world. In madness, lived in a small room, and and so forth. It's difficult to talk about this for the devotees. It's difficult the disappearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He becomes so from perspective of Gorli, we see it's a problem. He's becoming distant, but he's showing the way to enter into to the Vrindavan Lila, which is not different from the Gorlila and Nabadweep. So yeah, he becomes more and more internal. So, nice discussion. Very good questions. Nice fire. Nice kirtan. Can we end with the Namadarastakam? Okay. Shikartik Ratuki Jai.
गोवर्धन पूज्य महामहोत्सव तिथि की जाय श्री गोलीवशनाव गुरु परंपरा की जाय और भक्तबिंद की जाय और प्रेमानंद मिडांगा